The following program, Chicago's Weekend Wake-Up Call, is sponsored by the Digital Wellness Center and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of NewsWeb Radio Company or its management. Friends, family, welcome back to another insightful episode of Digital Wellness with Dr. Mary. I'm Richardson, your associate producer, and joining me is the brilliant Dr. Mary Donahue, CEO of the Digital Wellness Center. Today, we have an exciting topic to dive into, mentoring. Don't forget our call-in line is guest line 773-763-9278. Please text or Call in uh, your questions and comments on mentoring. Richardson, thank you, particularly for calling me brilliant. That's very, very nice, <laughs> but it's always wonderful to be here. Uh, mentoring, as you know, is a subject close to my heart. It's what I focused on in graduate school. And considering my research and the mentoring programs I've developed over the last Oh, wow. Almost uh, 15 years now. Um, We're delighted to introduce a special guest with us today, my friend, Melissa Grinowski, Mentoring Mentorship Coordinator at Indigenous Friends Association, an organization, uh, as you know, Rich, and our audience probably doesn't know, that they do remarkable work in supporting Indigenous communities. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you both for having me. And I'm so super excited to explore the world of mentoring and its impact on digital wellness. Absolutely, Melissa. Mentoring is really important for success in the business world, but it's not just about that. It helps in many other ways, too. For mentors, it helps them grow personally and in their their careers. For mentees, it gives them the advice and know-how. We're going to explore all of these different parts in in our in today's episode. That's right, Rich. And one of the things I think our listeners may or may not realize is that mentoring is a powerful concept that extends its value beyond the corporate world. It's crucial in friendships. It's crucial to recognize at work, at home, and within your volunteer community. I know a lot of people on the listening this morning are probably thinking, what do you mean? But if you think about it, mentoring is how you've learned almost every major concept in your life. And today we're going to explore how mentoring serves as a bridge between the generations, the culture, and experiences. So whether you're the person seeking guidance in your career, like I always have, I have amazing mentors. To this day, I still go back to my mentors and I'm finding new mentors. And I have mentors in my personal life. I have mentors in my volunteer life. Mentoring is really the compass that points you in the right direction. And so to help us focus on mentoring, and as we move into segment two, I'm going to ask Devin to play what we call and what is known in the scientific world and in the therapy world as a binaural beat. Devin, if you could just play a quick 30 seconds and we'll transition into segment two.
welcome back, everyone, um, to the, an exciting episode of Digital Wellness with Dr. Mary. In this segment, we're going to dive into the fascinating world of mentoring and how it impacts our brain our brain health. <laughs> Dr. Mary, this sounds like an intriguing topic. Yeah. Can you enlighten us with the neuroscience behind mentoring? Absolutely, Richardson. Most people don't understand that neuroscience is simply explaining how your brain is working. And then we're understanding how your brain is working. Um, <clears throat> you and I were on a brilliant call with a Harvard-trained neuroscientist, Dr. Brown. And he really talked about how the brain is triggered and what triggers the brain. And mentoring is a trigger. It's not only a valuable experience, but it's also a profound one when we consider the effects of mentoring on the brain. Our brains are wired to seek connections. That's what makes us mammals. We're, we seek these connections to learn from others. And we seek this learning to develop meaningful relationships. And that's why when you're looking at partners, for example, on Hinge or um, another dating app, I have oh so much experience with those, uh, that what happens is you're seeking that connection. And during COVID, the reason we're experiencing so much anxiety and so much depression is because we didn't have those meaningful connections. <clears throat> it's really hard to connect in a meaningful way digitally unless you begin to understand digital body language and digital cues. And mentoring aligns perfectly with this neurological predisposition. Wow, that is so fascinating, Dr. Mary. So how does mentoring actually affect our brain? In our brain, mentoring creates a very unique and positive environment for our brains to thrive. When mentors share their knowledge and their insights, it triggers the release of dopamine in both the mentor and the mentee's brain. Dopamine, we always talk about dopamine on this show, is called the feel-good neurotransmitter, and it's associated with pleasure and reward. This, releases, this release reinforces the mentor's sense of fulfillment while also motivating the mentee to learn and grow. And in my dissertation, in my research, what I focused on was the effect on mentors because nobody ever thinks of the benefits to the mentors for mentoring. But what I did is looked at the effect of mentors on mid-level leaders at a company called Molson Coors. Some of you may remember Molson Coors. They make Coors Light. They make a lot of different beers. And it may sound funny, but every company needs training. And Molson Coors was amazingly good to me as I was going through grad school and gave me an opportunity to create a program that positively affected mid-level mentors. It affected not-for-profits, and it affected students who wanted to work for those not-for-profits. Wow. So it sounds like the brain reward system is at play uh, during mentorship relationship and, and the connection that they're building. And that's what we discovered. Exactly, Richardson. Oh, my gosh. It's like you read my dissertation. But um, <laughs> there's a little bit more to it. It, it. Mentoring can lead to an increased levels of serotonin. 
Um, and that's the mood-regulating neurotransmitter. When mentees receive guidance and support from mentors, it positively impacts their emotional well-being by boosting serotonin levels. This results, or can result, I should say as a scientist, in reduced stress and an overall sense of happiness. So what we did during COVID is make these connections for people and give them the guidelines with technology. This is really the definition of digital wellness. It's boosting those chemicals in the brain by building positive relationships. And mentoring is an amazing way of doing that. Wow. So mentoring not only helps with knowledge transfer, but also contributes to emotional well-being. So what actually happens? Sorry, Rich, I just had to take a quick pause there. I thought I was going to cause. Um, (laughs) When we boost these serotonin levels, it reduces stress and it increases an overall sense of happiness. Wow, that's incredible. I always believed that mentors felt... I think we lost Rich for a second. I didn't hear him. Um, So what happens is mentoring then increases this knowledge transfer and contributes to emotional well-being. It's like a a one-two deal for our brain. And what happens is the neuroscience of mentoring highlights its significance and impact on our brains. And that promotes positive emotions, it reduces stress, And it fosters a sense of fulfillment. And this is why mentoring matters. It's not just for personal and professional growth, but for our digital wellness. That's incredible. I always believed that mentors felt rewarded because they were sharing their knowledge and helping others. But you're telling me that... Rich, can you hear me? Can anyone hear me? Can you hear me? Or did we have a little technical breakdown here? Oh, I can hear you. (laughs) No, we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. I don't think she can hear us. Uh oh. Hmm. Can hear her, but. guys am I dead? Devin? Can, can you nope. hear us? No, we can hear you. Hey guys, am I back? Hey. Can you hear us? Hi. everyone, but that's the problem when you're traveling and doing a radio show. Um, So Richardson, you go ahead. Um, You know, if we're looking at mentoring, Mm -hmm. we know that it helps with knowledge transfer, but it contributes to the emotional well-being. Um, As you once said to me, it's like a a two-for-one deal for our brains. Yeah, 
And I always like I always believed that mentors felt felt rewarded when they shared their knowledge and because they were helping others. But you're you're telling me that ment- mentees also experience this rewarding feeling too. So that's interesting. As you said, it's like a two for one deal, right? And I I really love that perspective. Uh, and thank you so much for shedding light on the neuro- neurological aspects of mentoring. It truly emphasizes why we should actually value and embrace mentoring in our lives. Well, I don't think enough of us are doing that right now. And, mm-hmm. and my research has really discovered that um, mentoring is a very natural way of talking to someone, of helping someone. And it's something we want to do. And it helps us avoid depression and anxiety. So I think that's one of the number one things is people always need to know what's in it for them these days. And what's in it for them is it reduces your anxiety and it reduces depression when you're helping someone. Because that's the way your brain is wired. You're wired to seek out connections. Um, I know you've probably experienced that too, Rich. But one of the things I'd love to do right now is just read a couple of questions and inspiring stories that I've already received via text. Um, Rich, what's our first text that you received? And then I can jump right into mine. Okay. So the first text that we received... I'm scrolling through because it's all kind of mixed with last week's song. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I can read one. Yeah. Yeah, go. How can I find a mentor in my field? And what's the best way to approach someone for mentorship? Well, this will be great to talk to Melissa about when we bring Melissa in. Mm -hmm. But finding a mentor can definitely be a transformative experience. Um, we will definitely talk about that a little bit more. And, but one of the things that you need to think about is the five steps. Mm-hmm. Know what you want to learn. Don't just go into mentoring saying, oh, I want to be mentored. Set a goal. For example, I want to understand how to network better. I want to understand how to prepare for a meeting better. I want to understand what I should do post-meeting better. People don't realize that when you're going into a meeting, there's a pre, there's a during, and there's a post. What are my outcomes? How? What are my long-term outcomes from this mentor-mentee relationship? For example, I want to move forward in my career or I want to get over a roadblock. And then research. Look on LinkedIn and see what kind of person would be a good mentor for you. For example, do you want somebody who's already in the position you're in? Do you want somebody who's in the position you want to be in five years? Do you want someone who's in the position right now? Or do you want someone in a totally different field? And then look at what kind of person would be a good mentor for you. For example, I typically look at a person who has qualities opposite me that I need to learn. Or I look at a person who has similar qualities. It's all dependent on the outcome I want. And last but not least, write those people. Write them a very nice letter. Tell them why you'd like to talk to them and put time limits on talking to them. For example, I will have three conversations for 20 minutes, three times. How's that, Rich? That's great. That's amazing. And I, I really think that 
that's something that should be applied because I believe that everyone needs a mentor. Everyone needs to learn from someone to achieve higher high or reach higher heights. Um, we have we have an email uh, question oh, okay. that was sent to us, and they said, "What are the key qualities to look for in a mentor, and how important is cap- is compat compatibility in a mentoring relationship?" Well, compatibility plays a significant role in successful mentoring relationships, but it's not the only factor to consider. I've done numerous studies. And what we found is you can pull names out of a hat or you can spend hours and hours matching profiles and doing all that. (laughs) And it's the same outcome if you have a structured plan, if you have a structured curriculum, you would be surprised how well mentoring works. In the thousands of mentoring relationships I've dealt with, the only time we had a bad match occurred twice. Wow. So whenever you have a plan and a goal and you create structure, it's magical. Wow. I love that. I love that a lot. (laughs) That's amazing. We do have another text um, and they said, can mentoring relationship be established digitally? (laughs) Sorry, digitally, especially in today's remote work environment? First of all, absolutely yes. Uh, as long as you have that structure. When I first started the mentoring program back in 2007, uh, most of our relationships were based on in-person. But by 2013, 80% of our relationships were virtual. So digital mentoring is indeed possible and it's increasingly common. Excuse me, I'm going to cough again. (laughs) I guess it's the weather. I'm in Orlando, and I think the rainy weather is causing me to cough. But what we know (laughs) from that research is um, people who never meet, somehow they just talk on the phone. They could be in the United States, and another person could be in Switzerland or Germany, and we've had those relationships. When you never meet... You become fearless on the phone. You talk about things you would never talk about in person because for some reason that that third wall of, oh, emotional nervousness is removed. And so what we found was fascinating. People became incredibly close through digital mentoring. And they didn't meet for 16 weeks. That's how long the program was. And we found this in American Airlines. Often people didn't meet for nine months. And they had really successful relationships. And they continued those relationships after the program was done. That is so fascinating. um, Because I never thought about, as you said, removing that third wall and the fear. Um, that is very true. I am a very uh, personal person, as in I like to meet people face to face. And so when you said that, I can totally understand that takes away um, that that aspect, that, that, that wall. And I think I, I personally should do that more because sometimes it's, it's not convenient to really meet someone 
face to face all the time, but doing it over online and Zoom, these things are really beneficial too. So thank you so much. Before we before we address um, these uh, more of these questions, um, let's share a couple of inspiring stories from our listeners about how mentoring has made a difference in their lives. Well, you know, thank you for that because we've just got two stories in. Um, I know the first person, so I'm going to change her name and I'm going to call her Lisa. And uh, Lisa reached out and she shared a remarkable experience. Uh, Lisa, like many other people, was facing a career transition right after COVID. And as many listeners know, after COVID was when a lot of us decided to change our careers. Um, For Lisa, it was particularly difficult. She had three young children at home, and she was really unsure of how to navigate it, but she knew there was more for her. Um, And and this is her personal story, so I I, I do know a little more of the details. Mm -hmm. And she really needed to seek out a mom who had made this pivotal transition enabling her not just to earn more money, but to take more responsibility at work, but also learn how to manage all of this with three young kids, two school-aged and one at home. So she found a net, she found a mentor through a professional network, which was a women's group she joined on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn was a really useful tool for her, by the way. And her guidance and the support she received from this mentor was invaluable. Now, as you know, Rich, we gave her a few hints on how to structure the conversation, and we're happy for anyone to email us, um, RA at the Digital Wellness Center, or MD at the Digital Wellness Center, and we'll give you the exact same hints But today, Lisa has successfully transitioned to her new role, and she attributes all of this success to her mentor's insights and encouragement. Wow, that is fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Mary, for sharing um, such a wonderful story. And it's very inspiring and just shows how it can definitely benefit um, all of us. Uh, in 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 our in different aspects of our lives, um, I there is another story that was shared. Um, oh, good, and it's I'm gonna say call him James. Uh, <laughs> James faced a personal crisis and was struggling to cope. He saw a mentor through a local support group, and the mentor guided guidance helped him regain a sense of purpose and emotional stability. James now volunteers as a mentor himself, and he's paying forward to others what he got himself. And I love That's that awesome. so much. I Way love to go that. James. Story. Yeah, James. I'm sure James. James knows who we're talking about, but <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, but it just shows it just shows to you that when you receive that help and that um, you grow, you you want to um, you want to share that and push that forward. You always want to help others and help them grow because that has been something that has been done for you through others' help. And you actually do the same thing, too. Um, As you said, uh, Dr. Mary, you have many mentors. And to me, you're my mentor. And it's like you're passing down 
um, what you have learned and, and instilling it in me for my success too. And I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all the mentors out there uh, who are helping um, all these people and to, to progress and to, to grow personally, career-wise, whatever-wise, whatever aspect in their life. Yeah, thank you, Rich. And it's and it's a great pleasure and it's a great honor and privilege to be a mentor. <clears throat> and I know some of my mentors are going to be uh, mentoring with Melissa, who will be coming up very, very soon um, before we, we go much further. But I think one of the key things about mentoring, and, and I demonstrated this in numerous studies, is I get just as much out of it as you do. And it's so much fun. It's it's just wonderful. I love that. And the, so these stories that shows that mentoring has no bounds and can be a source of strength in yeah. various aspects of life. Um, now, before we dive deeper into the world of mentoring, let's take a moment for your digital wellness. Our digital wellness break today is brought to you by the Digital Wellness Center, your ally in overcoming digital depression and addiction. In our fast-paced digital lives, it's easy to fall into the trap of digital addiction and depression. But fear not. Dr. Mary Donahue, our host, has a new book coming out next month that can help you navigate these challenges. It's titled Digital Addiction Unveiled, Navigating Life When Normal is Gone. To be among the first to get your hands on the pre-publication copy, simply email ra at the digitalwellnesscenter.com or sales at the digitalwellnesscenter.com. I'm going to repeat that again. RA at the digitalwellnesscenter.com or sales at the digitalwellness.com. This book is your guide to regaining control for your digital life and finding balance in an increasing connect in an increasingly connected world. And speaking of balance, don't forget to explore the digital wellness range of programs and resources designed to support your digital well-being. Visit their website at thedigitalwellness.com to discover how you can beat the digital depression and addiction. I'm just going to repeat the, the website one more time, thedigitalwellnesscenter.com. Stay tuned, folks, and we'll be right back with, one, with more on mentoring and its impact on our well-being. Thanks, Rich. Over to you, Devin. everyone. It is time for a fun and enlightening quiz. We always have this in what we call segment four of our show. And we want to know if you have what it takes to be a fantastic volunteer mentor. 
Joining us for this segment is our guest this week, Melissa Granofsky, the Mentorship Coordinator from the Indigenous Friends Association. Melissa, are you ready to dive into this quiz? Absolutely. Uh, Well then, (laughs) Richardson, um, I know Rich has a question for you, but why don't we ask the question after the quiz? I was Mm -hmm. just talking to him about it. And I want to remind everyone, our guest call in line is, uh, what is our guest call in line again? Just in case, uh, or our guest text line is 773-763-9278 if you have anything you want to text or talk to us about. So call in or text your questions and take the quiz with us if you're driving in the car around the lake this morning. So listeners, get ready. Question number one, what is the most critical quality a mentor should possess? Is it A, impatience, B, empathy, C, a sense of mystery, D, excellent cooking skills? (laughs) Clearly, I was tired of writing this. (laughs) Okay. I say C. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I like C. C is good. Gosh, I wish I had D. Excellent cooking skills. Yeah. Who knows? Someone might excellent. want something. Like <laughs> Melissa, what's your guess? Empathy. Oh, you got B. Okay. Yeah. How do you, question number two, how do you feel about sharing your knowledge and experience with others? A, I prefer to keep it all to myself. B, I'm open to sharing if it helps someone. C, I like to tease people with tidbits but never spill all the beans. And D, I have a cookbook ready for my mentees. <laughs> C I love, I love a- the cookbook idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm clearly I'm focusing on the fact that I ruined dinner a couple of weeks ago. So. <laughs> yeah, I can't get over it. I can't get over it. Um, all right. A, B, C, or D? I would say B, B for sure. Yeah. B. Melissa mm-hmm. says B. Rich says B. Yeah. I'm clearly on D. <laughs> how do you handle challenges or setbacks in your own life? A, I give it up easily. I try, I keep trying and seek help when needed. C, I pretend they don't exist. And D, I cook my way through them. (laughs) I'm going to go with D. (laughs) All right, Melissa is cooking. I don't want to hurt people, so I'm not going to cook D. Rich, what's your guess? Um... I would say I B. I keep trying to seek help. Okay. For sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Question four. What's your preferred method of communication? A. I'm just going to hope for old-fashioned, I don't know, signals. You know, like, uh, what are they? Uh, Morse code. Oh, uh, yeah. B. <laughs> oh, good old-fashioned chat. C, sending cryptic messages in a bottle. And D, here we go again, sharing recipes on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Old-fashioned, but, you know, being a chat. (laughs) Yeah, an old-fashioned chat. I think I, you know, yeah, like (laughs) even a call or a walk or something. Rich? I'd say B, too. It's so funny. D and C are kind of like the same. It's like you can have cryptic <laughs> messages 
on your recipes. <laughs> yes, that is true. SOS. <laughs> SOS, that's right. It's SOS, help me. Um, how do you define success in a mentoring relationship? And this is our last question. So, again, you can see where my mind was still focused. A, when they become my apprentice chef. B, when both mentor and mentee grow and learn together. C, when they decipher my secret messages. And D, when they can bake a perfect souffle. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I would say B for sure. When both the mentor okay. and the mentee grow and work together. Ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> I guess you were listening to segment one of this show. But as you can see, just common sense means that you will be a fantastic mentor. Most of the answers were B. I'm sure when I was teaching at the university, my students would have loved it if I would have written uh, little uh, multiple choice questions like this. Always, in this case, pick B. So, you know, think about volunteering as a mentor. Think about mentoring at a youth group. Think about mentoring at a school. Mentoring is a great way to reduce your anxiety and your predisposition, if you have it, to depression. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful way to make a positive impact on your life and someone else's. So, Melissa, I had... (laughs) No, no, no worries. So, I had a question for you, Melissa. And um, it it just goes with what uh, Dr. Mary had said, uh, with the benefits of mentoring. But for the listeners who um, have this fear of going to mentor, is there any, like, qualifications that you need to become a mentor? No, you know, um, usually... um People from a wide range of backgrounds can um, definitely be helpful in terms of being a mentor. So, you know, um, I think that the best step is is just, you know, contacting me if you're interested. Um, because being a mentor can be just a fulfilling and re- rewarding experience overall. And so if you, if you think that you're kind of interested in volunteering as a mentor, reach out to an organization and, and you know, express your interest because, you know, most likely we'll be able to uh, set you up with a mentee and it will be very beneficial. So um, you can reach out to an organization like the Indigenous Friends Association or others in your community and uh, we'll definitely be grateful for your support. If you're interested in being a mentor, please contact me at melissa at indigenousfriends.org. You know what, Melissa, I think that's a really great segue into uh, our questions together. And, you know, we, we've worked together now for about six months, and it's been a great pleasure. And one of the things I've noticed is sometimes it's hard to get mentors. And um, our friend, the, the DWC's friend, Trish Ronan, did a lot of work at the Boys and Girls Club and really, really enjoyed it. Um, she's doing some volunteer mentoring for students now who are interested in working with environmental groups. And so one of the things was she said, I was afraid to mentor because I didn't think I was good enough to be a mentor. And yet she's a brilliant mentor. So it's also a self-confidence thing. And so, Melissa, I think, you know, why don't we just dive right into our, our questions and can you um, 
Can you explain to all of our listeners what is mentoring, just in plain, simple terms? Certainly, Dr. Mary. Well, basically, uh, mentoring is a relationship where an experienced individual, the mentor, provides guidance, support, and knowledge to someone that is in the state of learning and is less experienced, and that would be the mentee. So it's essentially about helping the mentee grow, develop skills, and achieve their goals. I like it. I like it. Um, so what are some of these goals that people have when they're seeking a mentor? Or, or even what are mentors' goals in, in being a mentor? You know, I think that people often seek mentors for various reasons. So it could be for soft skills development. It could be for career development, personal growth, or just learning a specific skill. So mentoring can provide clarity, direction, and the confidence needed to reach those goals. And in terms of um, the, the beneficial aspects to being a mentor, it's, to, uh, it's learning information in a new way, and it's being able to be of service to someone else. So, you know, that's, there's definitely, definitely uh, benefits to that as well. Um, Rich, please, um, do you have any questions? I feel like yeah. I'm hogging Melissa's no, time. Go no. for it. I love, I love <laughs> those answers, Melissa. Um, Me I do have a question for you. Um, how does mentoring benefit the, the, the mentor? Like, as you, you went, um, you talked about it a little bit. Um, have, from your experience and from what you've seen, have you seen, like, any growth from, uh, from the mentor who's helping a mentee? Absolutely. So mentoring is a two-way street. So while mentors share their knowledge and experience, they also gain that fulfillment and satisfaction for helping someone else succeed. Uh, It's a rewarding experience that fosters personal and professional growth. I I would have to agree with that. And if if we could build on that statement, I'm sure both of you have mentored people um, at different times in your life and probably not even realized that you've done it. Um, But one of the things is, say, for example, you're on a walk for someone and you're with someone or you're on the phone with someone and they're giving you a problem and you don't say, do this, do this, do this. You say, in my experience, I did this and then this happened and I did this and then this happened. That's also a mentoring relationship. And what happens is a few days later, you recall that conversation as a mentor and you go, wow, I'd forgotten how much I've actually grown. And that is definitely important for mentors to remember. For mentees, you probably only hear one out of a hundred words your mentor says to you because just we all have short attention spans. But you know, you do hear that one word and you begin to act on that word. And the key is to hearing those words a few times over the course of your relationship so that you can grow and you can develop a different relationship. Um, uh, Melissa, do you have any stories like that? Yeah, certainly, Dr. Mary. Um, we, we had a mentee that was struggling to advance their career. And, uh, and and this was due to a lack of self confidence. And uh, through mentorship, they gained valuable insights and skills, which not only helped them get promoted, but also helped them in, improve their self esteem and overall well being. You know, it's interesting you say that because you know we talked about Lisa earlier in the show, 
And I wonder if Lisa was just struggling a little bit with some self-confidence because working with three children is incredibly exhausting. But also it wears down on your self-confidence. Like even just being a working mom is like a challenge in self-confidence because you never feel like you've got everything done, speaking from experience. Oops, I just heard something crazy. Um, But uh, one of the things is... um, Understanding what qualities make a good mentee and a good mentor, what would they be? Um, I think that the qualities to make a good mentor, I, I think that it's important for them to be patient, uh, empathetic, good listeners, and effective communicators. They provide guidance without imposing their ideas and create a safer and supportive environment for the mentee. I like that. I like that. And I think safe and supportive is incredibly important. Um, So, Richardson, uh, Mm -hmm. Melissa, I'm going to ask you both this question. Do you think mentoring is just for work? Or is it for your church, your mosque, your synagogue, your sport? Um, You know, I'm a big fan of Steph Curry and (laughs) LeBron James. We always say, what would LeBron do? And, you know, do you think he mentors people, even though you could think of basketball as his workplace? Mm -hmm. Can it be applied to other areas in your life? Um, For sure, 100%. Um, as we talked about ahead um, in in the first segment, like it it affects each aspect of your life. So, and I f- believe that um, whatever you learn can be applied to each aspect of your life. So, if you're focusing on your career, the information that you have can be applied to your personal life. Can be applied to so many things. And I really love what um, you and Melissa said. Uh, two things that really stuck out to me was as a mentor, the benefits as a mentor is confidence, like gaining confidence. And the second is, um, sorry, my mind was just going black blank, but um, gaining confidence and um, just like growing and reflecting, mm-hmm. uh, reflecting how much you have grown. And so that's so beautiful. I just believe that that just applies to any and the various aspect of your life. Melissa? I agree. Um, I think that mentoring can be applied in a variety of contexts. Um, it's essentially about sharing knowledge and supporting others in their journeys, however that kind of plays out. So I think that, you know, mentoring is valuable in all sorts of contexts. Well, now here's a question. Uh, Why is mentoring particularly relevant in today's digital age? In our digital age, information is readily available, but the guidance and personalized support that mentoring offers is still invaluable. It helps individuals navigate challenges, gain confidence, and adapt to ever-changing circumstances. So, Melissa, here's a question for you. Um, you know, and we, we didn't get a chance to talk about this at the top of the show, and I feel like we should have. Why don't you tell us 
about the Indigenous Friends Association and talk to us about the mentoring program you've put together and what you're looking for in a mentor. And remember, this is also going um, out to the world, so it's not just Chicago, it's Toronto, it's all over Canada and all over the U.S. As you know, James was from Cal... Well, you probably don't know, James was from California. So... (laughs) Okay. So... Uh, well, thank you so much, Dr. Mary. So basically, um, Indigenous Friends Association um, is an organization that looks to help uh, First Nations, Métis, and Inuit um, learners across Canada um, learn valuable tech skills. And so um, there's two programs. And the, the one that I work with is called Indigitech, and it's a 28-week program um, that helps um, learners basically um, learn technical skills, but then also cultural skills, um, you know, as, to kind of bolster their own um, understanding of themselves, their own culture, and their identity, and marry that to um, technology skills and their own capacities in the workplace. So the kind of mentor that we're looking for is hopefully um, some, you know, people that uh, have a good understanding of technology and are interested in helping mentees, um, you know, learn a little bit about themselves and uh, help them learn soft skills and technical skills over the course of those 28 weeks. Um, and if you're interested and, and wanting to know more information, please uh, feel free to send me an email at melissa at indigenousfriends.org. And we're looking for all kinds of mentors. So uh, please, like, if you have any interest, uh, contact me and I can give you more information. Yeah, Melissa, I think it's an absolutely amazing program. And um, for that program, I know that you're also using our structured mentoring program, um, which we run online and through technology. And one of the reasons we do that is um, just as a heads up, it's incredibly important for mentors and mentees to be committed to the relationship and to make all the meetings count. At the top of the show, I talked about what it means to be a good mentee and how to get a mentor. And one of the things is to commit to the meetings. Don't just blow them off because there are going to be opportunities for you to say, ugh, I don't really feel like talking to my mentor. I didn't move forward. I didn't do this. That's all part of learning. And we build that into the mentoring program is where you fail. So one of the things that's really important for any of you out there who want to do amazing programs like Melissa just described um, is make sure you build accountability into your programs. And um, Melissa, I know that you're working on that and all of the organizations that we work with are working on that. But I can't tell you how important it is for accountability. We hope uh, in the next few weeks we'll have Mike Camp who runs mentoring uh, for Walmart in Arkansas, join us. And Mike is definitely a super mentor, and I hope someday you have an opportunity to chat with him, Melissa, 
because he can just guide mentors to an amazing place. Uh, he committed to mentoring back in 2013. I actually did a whole article on he and Calvin Hardy, his mentor, and the two of them committed, and it really made a difference in Calvin's life and career at Walmart. So, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited that you were here. I look forward to you coming back and telling us how the program is going. And if you have any last thoughts, uh, please share them with us. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for having me, Dr. Mary. And I hope that this information inspires more people to consider mentoring, whether it's as mentors or mentees. And uh, just lastly, if you want to be a volunteer mentor with our organization, please contact me at melissa at indigenousfriends.org. And let's spell that out right now for everybody. Sure. It's M-E-L-I-S-S-A at... I N D I G E N O U S F R I E N D S dot O R G. Awesome. Sometimes you know people are writing things down and <laughs> it's like, what is how do I spell this? I know everybody <laughs> asks that question. And people can be virtual mentors with your organization, so everybody should jump on. Um So let's just, Richardson, why don't you take us to the next segment? Yeah. So before we um, continue, I'd like to share an exciting news uh, with our listeners. Dr. Mary Donahue, our host and leading expert in the digital wellness, will be releasing a groundbreaking book next month titled Digital Addiction Unveiled, Navigating Life When Normal is Gone. For those eager to get ahead of the curve, you have the opportunity to purchase or pre-publi- the pre-publication copy of Digital Addiction Unveiled, simply email us at ra at the digitalwellnesscenter.com to secure your copy today. And as a special treat, I think we have time for one more break. And so I'm going to lead us through this. Instead of going to a binaural beat, I'm actually mm-hmm. going to take everyone who is out there right now on a little wee break, one of the breaks we designed to help cure digital addiction. Um, And this comes from research that goes way back in the 80s at Purdue University. It's called a micro-break. So if you're not driving, if you're perhaps just sitting as a passenger, if you are at home having your coffee, reading your paper, close your eyes. Just gently rest your eyes. And as you do that, feel the weariness drop from your eyes. Take a very deep breath in for three counts. One, two, three. And then let it out for six. One, two, three, four, five, six. In for three, two, one. Out for six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Now as you feel your heart rate lower, let your shoulders drop. Let your chin drop. Gently open your mouth. 
Feel the pain of the week fall away. Perhaps focus on the breathing in your tummy. Relax your hands, relax your wrists, relax your elbows, relax your shoulders and your neck. Move your head gently to the right and to the left. Let your head nod down if it's comfortable for you. And now, slowly open your eyes. What you've just experienced is a quiet moment of transient hyperfrontality. It's not something you get when you're flicking through social media. It's something that only happens when you give your brain, your brain time to relax, the prefrontal cortex. So, what did you think, Rich? I love that. Thank you so much for um, sharing that with us. And it's that was very relaxing. Definitely awesome. a much needed exercise. <sighs> and I wanted to thank Melissa again for her passioning, her passion for mentoring, and which is truly inspiring, and her insight that was shared um, with us all today. Uh, that brings so much value uh, to individuals and organizations alike. I couldn't agree more, and, and she was a wonderful guest. And you know, to all our listeners out there, if you're feeling inspired to become a mentor or you want to explore mentoring opportunities in your community, reach out to Melissa or your favorite not-for-profit or charity or, or consider partnering with us to kickstart your mentoring program. Just volunteer. It's so good for you, and we can make a huge difference together. And don't forget to mark your calendars for next week's episode. We'll be joined by Laura Bupali. I'm so sorry. I am messing up. I don't up know her. how to say her last name either, Rich. We'll have to ask her next week. Yes. But she's a branding expert and an entrepreneur to explore it. And we're going to explore the art of legacy branding. It's going to be an exciting conversation and you won't want to miss it. That's right, Richardson. And as we close, I urge everyone to stay well, stay connected, and remember, digital wellness is within your reach. Take care, everyone. Be well. The preceding program, Chicago's Weekend Wake-Up Call, was sponsored by the Digital Wellness Center and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of NewsWeb Radio Company or its management.